to me, at least the most horrific theme for this movie, I think, is just people believing what someone else tells them about themselves. Welcome back to the Blurred Girl podcast. In this special episode, I'm talking to director and writer Bamani J. Story. Now, he's the mind behind the new horror movie, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Now, listen, if you love horror, you need to see this film. It's so good. There's so much I want to talk about regarding this film. But first, let's pay some bills. Listen, if you have bad credit or no credit, I'm telling you, the self-credit app is a way to build your credit history. Now, after the dumpster fire that was 2020, as well as some mounting health insurance bills that I had from years ago, my credit was pretty much tanked. And I was able to raise it 35 points since the beginning of this year. I'm not exaggerating. 35 points, and it's so simple to use. You simply open a self-credit builder account and deposit a small amount of money in it. And then for as little as five bucks a month, you pay the money back automatically through the app. Then Self reports your credit to all three credit agencies. That's it. It's that simple. Like, I don't even think about it, and my credit has jumped 35 points. Low credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Use the Self app today and build your credit and savings and get back on track. It's available on iOS as well as Android. I have a link in my show notes for anyone who's interested. Check it out. Today, I'm talking to director Bomani J. Story about his new film, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. The movie is a new take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and revolves around Vicaria, played by BAFTA award-winning actress Leia Delian Hayes, who you'll remember from God of War Ragnarok as well as Queen Latifah's The Equalizer. After the death of her brother, she uses science to help her cope with grief and rage to create, well, a monster. The movie also stars Denzel Whitaker from Black Panther and Chad L. Coleman from The Walking Dead, The Expanse, and the series From. Bomani and I talk about how he conceptualized this film, including how his older sisters were actually part of his creative inspiration. We also talk about how he's a fan of Darren Aronofsky's film The Fountain, as well as 90s cinema. Now, there are mild spoilers in here, so if you want to see the movie completely fresh, go watch it and then come back and listen to this episode. Up next, my interview with director Bomani J. Story. So, Bomani, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you about this film. It has all the little moments of horror that I like, but then there's also like an underlining theme. Let's start with where this came from. What was the inspiration for this film? And when did you find time to write this? (laughs) No, I mean, starts starts with the literature, man. Like I, I love the book. I'm a huge, huge fan of the book. And I just felt like they were leaving a lot of stuff from the book on the floor. And I wanted to uh, not only do that, but also recapture the focus because a lot of people focus on the monster. And I wanted to bring it back to 
you know, the, the story is about Frankenstein's rise and fall, you know, the, the mad scientist. So I wanted to bring that back. And on top of that, I wanted, uh, I grew up with two older sisters who, you know, mentored me my whole life, who I love and adore, and I would use them as my muse for this. So you mix all that and out comes this. So, okay. So I got two questions for you stemming yeah. from that. By book, you mean Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, right? Because yeah. there's a bunch of Frankensteins. That have oh, been yeah. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Just trying to make sure that we're not yeah. mixing up anybody else's. Okay. <laughs> And I, I don't know uh, how your sisters feel, but I'm the oldest and my brothers are younger. And I don't know how I feel if they wrote a movie about me chopping people up and <laughs> turn, turn they right into monsters. So did you get along with your sisters? What happened? <laughs> no, I got along with my sisters, you know. I mean, obviously you're siblings, so, you know, there's going to be dust-ups, but like... Yeah, it's going to be ill because yeah, siblings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, we, we all love each other. We're Gucci, yeah. That's actually, speaking to that, were there moments that you actually wrote things in the script for Vicaria to say that were like pulled right out of your life? Uh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, that were pulled right out of uh, their mouths, you know. Some of the parts are more like, uh, uh, more obvious to them of just be like, oh, I, I remember saying that, you know, but other parts- Not they, quite they, like that though. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Well, one of them's exactly what uh, she said. <laughs> And, uh, you know, then there are other moments where, you know, they, they don't know. So it's like there's uh, Easter eggs on top of Easter eggs for, for people in here. And even for my sisters, you know, specifically for them, uh, I don't tell them, like, you'll just have to watch it again. And then you can, you can see it for yourself. <laughs> when I'm thinking of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, I'm thinking of Victor Frankenstein mm -hmm. being very wealthy you know, yeah. and come from a wealthy family, just wants to experiment and then sort of feels guilty for what he's done later. Mm -hmm. But Vicaria is not wealthy. <laughs> and her, she's a different kind of relationship with um, death. Can you go into that a little bit? No, yeah. I mean, I just always kind of saw it as like, she was someone who was going to put this together. Like I wanted her to be an actual, uh, an actual genius, an actual inventor. I never saw it as someone who, like how many multi-billionaires are actually just like inventing things. You know what I mean? It's just like, yep. they, there, you know, there might be some, but as far as my knowledge of the people I like, you know, see, it's just like their, their genius comes from being able to like invest and pay off. Like, you know, it's like, exactly. that's Exactly. No, no, know. no. Those Easter eggs, you had a couple in there about Edison. I was like, yes. Because <laughs> um, I feel, I feel the same way kind of about Bill Gates. I'm like, did he really invent all the things? Yeah. Or did he just pay for all the places where all the low-income people invented it? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like the people who are actually like building a chair as a carpenter. Right. Not right. a business owner. It's a carpenter, right? And so to me, she like, she needed to put this together. So to me, she needed to have all these elements, right? So it was important to me for it to look like, you know, she scavenged these things, but like, you can't stop the spark. You, you know, I mean, the first car looks nothing like what it looks like today, mm -hmm. but it was put together a certain way, you, you know, with the means that they had. So to me, that's like, that was really uh, important to me to kind of capture how her ingenious works. Cause to me, that's what, that's the element of genius that I feel like people forget, you know, it's just like of where it's coming from. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And mm-hmm. she is a genius and you show her at actually in her something else I can relate to being the only black girl in the all white class. I'm like, oh God, all right. We hitting all kinds of buttons. But it's, <laughs> but that, that feeling of otherness and that feeling of being foreign and you are a monster to them because they don't understand you. And don't be a smart black girl. Oh Lord. <laughs> did, your no. sisters, did your sisters help you with some of those lines too? Oh, I mean, that scene in the school is directly what happened to one of my sisters. So, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's kind of a, it's a legendary story around our dinner table, you know, that like keeps, uh, that comes up every once in a while. It's like a greatest hits, you know? So yeah, no, like, um, uh, as I said, it was like, I was, I was musing after them, man. Like, and they thought when stuff would happen, they would think maybe I wasn't listening, but I'm always listening. Yeah, no, the younger the younger brothers are always listening. You gotta be careful what you say in front of them. I, yeah. I, my younger brothers are twins. I had it worse. <laughs> they still they still kicking my ass. Um, so I just want to corroborate something. This is your first film, your first, first feature film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking because mm-hmm. the, I'm just gonna run off the cast a little bit. Uh, Leia Dillion Hayes. Dillion Hayes, yeah. Denzel Whitaker, mm-hmm. Tad Coleman. Okay, so we got some heavy hitters here for your first time out the gate. How did that <laughs> feel when you saw the the cast list? When you saw the cast accepting these roles? Uh, man, it just made me feel like I was like, wow, like yeah, they're responding, right? Like they they're enjoying this stuff, right? And like that was that was phenomenal to me. Like it just felt so gratifying you know throughout this filmmaking process like it's it's a tough thing to get a film off the ground and get it made but like every there's certain moments that that pay off you know whether it's the first time you know the producers come in like oh we actually are interested and think we can make this happen you you know and it's just like oh awesome like and then cast you, you know when someone like reads for it and they're like no I actually want this part and then they sign on you're just like like you know it's just like it's like a payoff of just like what's the word I'm looking for? Like a gratification, but what, yeah. whatever, like an gratification. achievement. Like, I mean, they, yeah. they are basically signing off on your work. They see yeah. the story as you do. Yeah. And that must yeah. be very validating. Yeah, no, it was. That's the other word I was looking for, validation. Yeah, it's like, it just validates your thoughts because along for a long time, it's just you and the script. You don't know until you start hearing that table read. Did, yeah. did you let the actors improv a little bit? Did they bring other things to the characters? Of course. I mean, honestly, uh, the whole crew and the actors, I told them as soon as we got to Charlotte where we were filming, I just let everybody know. I was like, look, if we capture exactly what's on the script, then we have failed, you know? So we need to, I was like, this is our blueprint. And that's not to say that you should just throw the script away. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that, for instance, when you watch The Shining and you separate Jack Nicholson from that role, you know, you are separating a lot, right? Like, you know, it's just like, I can't say that you see that on the page of Jack Nicholson's character, you you know? So Mm -hmm. to me, like, that's what, that's what we all need to be trying to achieve. I'm not saying we need to all be as good as Jack Nicholson. I'm saying we need to be achieving to elevate the script as much as we can to bring that script to life, you know? So that was just my approach. So they, of course, there were lines that they, you know, improv and did stuff like, you know, 
Aisha and Jada, you know, it's like, and Riley and Amani who played those roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that they improv and did, you, you know, the whole alphabet scene of her saying the letters, that's her, and she made really? that up. Yeah, so. Wow, that that's actually incredible. Were there yeah. other moments in there that you were like, please tell yeah. me we got that? There- yeah, no, I mean, you know, not to spoiler alert, I hope you put that in like, there's a little yep. tiny. Like, you I know, will. like light spoilers, <laughs> not like huge, but light spoilers. Light spoilers. Light, light spoilers. But, you know, during that dinner table scene when he runs rampant with that, you know, with racket busters or whatever, it was, I think, like in the script, it was just one. But once he connects it to the whole family, like that was them just being all the actors being in the moment and and wanting to go with it. Wow. So it's like they they brought such incredible stuff to this movie and like I always try to leave myself open for that kind of stuff you you know because a lot of beauty happens you you know it's just like there's certain things in the script that you just you know you're just not going to be able to get you know it's like where you can't see like something as small as during the teacher scene um the argument with the the conference of uh of Vicaria just like smirking at the teacher as like kind of like a you you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you know it's absolutely because like, she knows she's smarter than her and it's yeah. hard for her to function like how are you teaching me like that yeah. was what I got from you know yeah I got from, now tell me about funny moments on the scene because I heard a rumor that Leia has an aversion to blood <laughs> like how did that how did that work <laughs> <laughs> You know, she taught me something really profoundly valuable during that moment of the art of collaboration with somebody. Because during her, you know, soft spoiler, just like, you know, gory moments, you know the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, like, there's gore. You know, Listen, you y'all, know. this is a horror movie. If you yeah, don't like gore, so I don't know be, what to tell yeah. you. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot so, of blood. <laughs> yeah, but the particular moment I'm talking about, yes, that you, yes. into, you know, she you know, I was, those moments are very exciting for me. For her, she's like squeamish and not necessarily into that kind of thing. And in any other circumstance, usually people will just be like, they'll reject it. You know, they'll be like, oh, no, like, I don't want to do this. And you know what I mean? And it's like, which is, you're right, you know, to, to be like that. But for Leia, she saw how much I was into it. And she was like, well, listen, this isn't necessarily my thing, but I like how much you're into this and I'm going to back you, right? Like, I was like, I may not understand it, but I believe what you're doing here. You know, it's like, so, and so she just dived in, right? Like, even if I don't understand necessarily what's going on, like, you're having such, like, like it so, brings so much joy to you, know, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on it you know so instead of rejecting she just doubled down and went in which was and that's a testament to her as an actress too yeah it's like yeah I, when i heard that i was like but that scene though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would never have known uh looking at that yeah uh, let's talk about themes uh a little bit mm-hmm. she looks at death as a disease but her entire life has been sort of filled with these violent moments mm-hmm. of people taken too soon, you know, mm-hmm. and she looks at, you know, gun violence, drugs, things like that as all the same disease mm-hmm. of death. Is it that she misunderstands life 
or that mm-hmm. just life has not been kind to her and that's why she's sort of stunted there? Um, I think Vakari is a very, I think she's obviously very smart, but I also think, I mean, she has her flaws and I think she has her blank spots, which I think is shown in that dinner scene in that, mm-hmm. in that argument that they have. I think that's definitely a blind spot for her, you know? And I don't think she acknowledges other elements that might be going on, which is, I think, uh, one of the fatal flaws of just pure ambition and tunnel vision is -hmm. you might not see things outside of that, you know? So to me, I think she's working through her, she's working through her grief, through her science I, I think, like I said, she has some blank spots because she's so tunnel visioned on on this and hasn't had a chance to really let all these things out that she's uh, uh, that she's experiencing. I just keep thinking of um, Tanana Reeve do said this, I think, in Black Horror. Mm-hmm. She said many times Black trauma is Black horror. Like mm-hmm. that sometimes that's part of our life. Yeah. And so we deal with trauma, you know, very differently. And when mm. I look at Fakaria, I kind of, I kind of see that, but then there are also shades of other things here. There's, there's shades of Tamir Rice, there's mm-hmm. shades of other real life things that have happened, you know, uh, in this past decade. Yeah. <laughs> How mm-hmm. did you navigate that in the script? I mean, it's, listen, like, you know, dealing with black trauma and stuff like that in movies, like I, uh, I hear the the criticism and why people, you know, are just like, I don't want to see that stuff. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, and I think there's, but to me, in order to, um, I don't want to put my head in the sand for one, you know, I don't think just, you know, completely rejecting it is, or and not doing it whatsoever is the, is the, it's a way, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the only way, right? And I don't know, for me, just always trying to stay true to the humanity of the characters is always going to be my my way, because I think that that's just the fundamentals of great, not only storytelling, but also respecting, you know, your audience's wishes, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, but always- it's, it's not just that. Also, I think some trauma, like there's no way out but through. Sure. Uh, and Absolutely. you said she's she's grieving. Yeah. And one of the one of the stages of grief is anger. Yeah. And I'm going to say she's got a little bit of anger. <laughs> she's doing just a touch. Yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wanted the thing I wanted for Vicaria was therapy. Um, and this film, I was like, I need baby girl to lay on a couch. Um, <laughs> but she did. She did an amazing job. Yeah. Let's also talk about the the metaphor of the monster, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's not lost on me that not just the way he died, and that's not a spoiler, y'all. This, mm-hmm. this is a monster, and he's dead the whole movie <laughs> in various <laughs> stages. <He's, laughs> yeah. But um, he, there is a moment where he, as a black man in a hoodie, is lying there saying, am I the monster? Mm-hmm. And that is so layered. Mm. I'm curious when you wrote that line, was that, did you write that early on and try and build the story around it? Or did you did you naturally end up there? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
it was one of the during it was one of the last things that came you know, because similar to like the title of the movie, like it wasn't what I started with, you know, it's like, it's kind of where I, uh, what came out and I'm realizing about my process as I learn, you know, about how I do things. Like I like to get the bulk of it down, like the story, the characters and like going through it. And then you fall on these moments of just realization and truth, where someone where you can kind of distill it into one moment. Right. And I think that is like, that's how it kind of came apart, you know, it's like, because while I was writing and then just like the innocence and the confusion of, of this man, you know, Uh, and the question, you know, it's like, and it, you know, obviously dials back to who called him a monster, right? Uh, To me, at least the most horrific theme for this movie, I think is just people believing what someone else tells them about themselves right? Something as simple as you just saying, me just being like, you're stupid, right? If you believe that you don't have enough self-confidence or whatever it might be to defend yourself for that, but you believe it, it's like, it will change the trajectory of your life. You no longer think like, oh, well, if I'm stupid, I can't really get into college. So what's the point of implying, applying, right? I'll leave this to other people. You know what I mean? It's just like, you Mm -hmm. start doing this stuff. So, and I think that's very horrifying. That is that is the 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 true horror. I know you mentioned obviously the inspiration of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but I have a feeling that you may have watched the Reanimator a couple times <laughs> because <laughs> am I am I exaggerating on that or have you seen that movie? <laughs> I I've definitely seen Reanimator. I have seen Reanimator. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of Herbert uh, of Herbert West in this, I am not going to give away why I think that is, but yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are there other films and other moments or, or other? It doesn't even have to be film, books or TV or anything else like that that inspired some of the moments in this film. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of nods in here. You know, big one will be Aronofsky's The Fountain. You know, he says death ah. is in there and like I love that movie so this was my homage to Aronofsky's The Fountain and uh you know there's there's a lot of stuff you know it's like I'll give one more that's like it's not obscure but like I don't think you'll find it if you're not looking for it and it's from Minister Society when he says you know you're fucked up right <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah but that's good though yeah. um yeah, there's a lot in here that like you know I felt like only I would see, but other people have called me on it. And I'm like, oh, you're pretty good. You're just- yeah, no, this is, it, it's going to be fun for you when this drops, you know, uh, worldwide for yeah. you to hear all of those little, I see this, I see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned one of the themes, uh, mm-hmm. and that is that people should not believe everything that people always tell them. What is another theme that you would say, even for Vicaria, for Black women, that you would say is coming out of this film? Um. You know, I don't want to spend too much time kind of like uh, telling people how, what they should be taking from it, you know, it's like, because it's a, it's an emotional journey, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, I think Black women are smart enough to, uh, <laughs> to capture all those things. I don't need to tell it's them It's not nothing. a gotcha. I'm not trying yeah, to catch no, you I know, I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's just like, I, I treasure the, uh, 
the relationship between a, a movie and its audience because you walk away with certain things that are yours and like sometimes uh like a filmmaker like myself or whatever will give things away and it kind of you know dispels like then <laughs> mm-hmm. it's no longer yours to have anymore and i want to make sure i treasure that you know it's like i have my my thoughts about vicaria's character and things of that nature but as far as like takeaways i i really i'm really hoping that audiences will walk away with with some kind of engagement and thoughts you know about what it means uh and you know her decisions even down to you know without spoilers just like her decision of what she does at the end of the movie you know and mm-hmm. what it's for for uh for black women as a culture and us as a culture on her decisions to to do that you know so it's like i think that there's a lot there to be explored no that's, that's very, no, no, no that's very smart you know what's funny i think of um you know the singer seal mm-hmm Years ago, he said, I, he's never, ever put liner notes in any of his albums. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, other people have done it, but he's mm-hmm. never done it. Because yeah. he said, whatever you heard when you first heard the song is what mm-hmm. the song is. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what you should, what that word should have been. Yeah. Um, so if you thought he said kiss on the nose, that's what you heard. You heard yeah. Not kiss from a rose. <laughs> that's what you heard. And that's your, and that's your moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I think, I think that's, I think that's brilliant. Speaking of that end scene, are you looking to do a follow-up movie? <laughs> and, and how long would that title be? <laughs> you know, that's a couple things. It's uh, That's always going to be a mixture of a bunch of things of whether, for one, if I feel the story is there. You know, if we feel the story is there and if it's speaking to us and we feel like there's more to go, you know, and like then, of course, you know, and then on top of that, if people show up on June 9th, in theaters to see the movie and there's a demand for that you know then uh then i think you know it's just like you know we can always see but to me it always starts with is there more to say you know i do like endings like that one of my heroes is billy wilder and a lot of his movies end with these crazy moments you know i always think of some like a hot where he's like nobody's perfect you Mm -hmm. know and they Mm -hmm. ride off into the sunset it's just like you know of course, there could be a sequel to that, but does there need to be, right? It's like it's a fun, open way to engage with the audience and, and keep your your brain going, you, you know, for for after the movie. But um, yeah, that's my long way of uh, around that. Of not answering that question. I love that, though. I You're love welcome. that. You get a very good <laughs> Definitely, definitely go check out uh, Angry Black Girl and her monster subtitled yeah. Listen to Black Women. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm so excited that I got a chance to talk to you, Bamani. This is an actual, I, I honestly see this like winning more awards and stuff. I want you to get all the money because I really need to know what happens next. <laughs> I have a need. And when you do that one, you have to come back on. And so we can, we can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, please. Like, you want to see that? Then let's drive the audiences to the theaters to see this movie. You know what I mean? Like, let's get them there June 9th. And uh, honestly, it was, a, it was a pleasure to be on here with you, man. You, uh, you do your thizzle. You do your thizzle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it.
That was one of the most fun episodes I've had in a while. I can't wait for you to check out the video interview of this episode so you can actually see how often he was laughing. By the way, you do know that you can watch the Blur Girl podcast on YouTube now, right? Over there, I'm posting some of my old episodes as well as recent ones and some live streams you might have missed. So definitely subscribe and comment over there. But before you go, please subscribe and comment to this podcast and share it with your friends. And don't forget to check out the Self app. It has been a game changer when it comes to my credit. I'm not making that up. I'm in that app every day. All the information will be in the show notes. Please tell your friends about the Blur Girl podcast and go watch the angry black girl and her monster and tell me what you think. See you next time.